Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Play action pass going up top for right. He's got separation. Milton Wright, touchdown Purdue. Had a touchdown last week against Ohio State this time. 53 yards from O'Connell. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Behind the Rails podcast for Purdue football. I am your host, Travis Miller of HammerandRails.com, and with me, as always, is former Purdue running back Corey Sheets. And we are here, we're going to give a bit of a double episode tonight. I was late in getting back from Chicago on Sunday, and it's Thanksgiving week, so everybody's busy. So we're going to be combining our Northwestern recap and our Indiana preview with this episode. So, with that in mind, how are you doing, Corey? I'm doing all right yourself. Pretty good, pretty good. Um, as we were talking to the pre-show, sounds like uh, it was, we're very lucky that none of us were playing up there on Saturday, and I think, honestly, Purdue was very lucky to not get out of that game with any significant injuries because that was the biggest thing uh, people were talking about on sun- on Saturday night was, how awful the turf was at Wrigley Field. <laughs> and I told you before they even played a game that it sucks playing on a baseball field as a football player. <laughs> now, I was curious about that because I, I was thinking about it a little bit more on Saturday once I actually saw it. Is the baseball cra- grass just a different type of grass or just like what do they do in o- Oakland or uh, in – in Miami, I know those were the dual stadiums. So is it just a different type of grass that's not on the dirt or what? I mean, it's one is a different type of grass, but instead of like, well, you not instead, you can't really take up the baseball field. So -hmm. what they do is lay turf over the top of the dirt. And I don't know if been the last time you've been on a major league baseball field, but it's like, it's damn near like concrete. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. so imagine that underneath some grass some fake grass at that no cushion i know up there it wasn't even just the area where they had laid the grass over the infield it was it was in the outfield too uh the the stuff that's always grass so i just i thought it was a different type of grass obviously in baseball you're not trying to cut and well you don't often have 300 pound uh 300 pound right. baseball players trying to make moves on the grass I mean, I'm not sure what kind of grass they got on Wrigley Field, but it's probably that that speed turf, which is real compact and is made for the ball to skip, opposed for somebody to be cutting off. If it's if it's that kind of time kind, of, kind of turf, plus, wasn't it cold? Like <laughs> in Chicago, it got to be freezing up there. <laughs> it actually was quite. I mean, for mid-November in Chicago, it wasn't bad. Where I, where I was sitting, or the stadium was blocking the wind, and I'd say it was about forty-five degrees or so. I was I was pretty comfortable in a sweatshirt, so we got really lucky in that regard. I can't imagine how bad that turf would have been if it was raining or snowing or anything like that. I mean, it, it's still Chicago in November. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that grass wasn't wasn't the softest. My assessment was, hey, that was neat. That was fun. Now let's never do it again because, I mean, there was one point where Jackson Anthrop had a wide open hole in front of him and he cuts back and just falls down. And then, of course, the the play that we were of the game that might have actually turned the whole game around when uh, Chris Van Ekren, the kickoff kicker, 
slips and falls on his ass doing the second half kickoff, and Purdue recovers the unintentional onside kick, which ended up being a really big play since it was 13-7 at the time. Northwestern had scored on the final play of the first half. If they get the ball and they go down and score there, suddenly they take the lead in a game that Purdue had probably dominated at that point. But Purdue takes the ball. They go down they put it in the end zone themselves. So a big 14-point shift all out of someone slipping on the terrible turf. Hey, man, I'd rather be lucky than good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing when I was in the Grey Cup. The quarterback got hit real hard and fumbled the ball. The ball must have went 30, 40 feet in the air. And wasn't nobody around, and I caught it and took off for like 43 yards or something like that. <laughs> and before that, the game was kind of like back and forth, back and forth. And then after that little lucky play, it was all downhill for the other team. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like you said, lucky than good. It goes down the same in the scorebook regardless. Right. <laughs> they say, hey, that, that, that it was designed that way. He, he, he was supposed to be like he slipped. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, y'all, we got to take a break right now to pay for some stuff, so we will be right back after this ad. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football! And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code BLEAV. That's right, BLEAV to receive your 50% bonus. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. We had our typical decent game out of David Bell, 12 catches for 101 yards, but our boy Milton Wright, he did some work. Uh, eight catches, 213 yards, and three touchdowns. How about his day? Boy, them two touchdowns. I was watching those on uh, highlights, and man, that double move he had on this first one was ridiculous. <laughs> and he, he, looked, he actually looked real fast out there. Yeah, and... What stood out to me is Bell was getting so much attention on the other side. Wright was just making him pay on single coverage. And that's what you got to do when you're, when you're playing a team like this. And uh, I like what somebody said about Jeff Brom is he, it was like he was playing a video game, man. He saw a play that he liked. And he's like, Oh, we're going to keep running that until somebody stops me. And well, I think, I think it was almost the same play on all three touchdowns. I mean, uh, the first one was uh Stop and go. Mm-hmm. Second one was what? Uh, I think second one was a fade because they were a lot close to the end zone, and then the third one was I think it was another stop and go. Honestly, yeah, he had a, he had a hell of a day. It's, it's about time somebody else showed up like that. Wright's been quietly very very good this year. He is up to six hundred yards receiving on the season, which when your number two guy has six hundred yards in eleven games is pretty damn good and it's nice having him as a solid second option especially he had some drops early in the season but not anymore i mean somebody got in his ear and told him hey bell's getting all attention it's time for you to eat too <laughs> <laughs> and boy did he eat on saturday and it was, it was impressive and uh just just in general uh, it was another game where purdue got the lead and 
showed that in the second, when if they have the lead in the second half, the defense can put it away. Um, I don't know if you caught the one sequence right near the very end of the game. Uh, Northwestern's down two touchdowns, and they're trying to drive and get just that desperation score and hopefully get an onside. Purdue got sacks on four consecutive plays. How often do you see that? Uh, not too often, but hey, did we say that uh, our defense was going to go in there and shut them down once we got on top? <laughs> yeah, so, made true to our words. Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> the the four sacks were impressive because you get the first two and you're like the third one, you know they're going to drop back to pass. They have to throw because it's like third and twenty two or something. And that defensive line is just like, all right, we're going to tee off at this. And then the fourth one was the same thing. That Carl Loftus got free on that one, and that that was his only official sack of the day. But and you don't want him coming after you on fourth down. I mean, I was looking at a picture of him standing next to somebody, and I was like, I just like I realized how large of a man he is. <laughs> it's like you, you see certain guys, and they don't look big until they're standing next to somebody that's either small or also big. <laughs> you see the comparison. That's a large one. You'll like this. Um, his senior season at West Lafayette High School here in Indiana, which West Lafayette is, they're not one of the big schools, like the big Indianapolis schools. They play in class 3A. Uh, they might have moved up to 4A by now. but So they play a bunch of like, you know, five, six, seven hundred kids schools in their conference before they get to the tournament, his senior season, he put up absolutely monster numbers. He had 106 tackles, 56 for loss, and 17 and a half sacks in 15 games as his high school won the state championship. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Uh, in, In his high school career, according to Max Preps, 332 tackles, 84 for loss, and 41 sacks in his high school career. It's, it's, this, this is one of those – it's a lot like seeing Vince Wilfork play against high school kids where it's, it's just unfair. <laughs> it's a cheat code. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you ever seen Vince Wilfork, but that's a large man too. <laughs> I, I, I know it's the stuff of legend is like his high school recruiting tape, which this is 20 years ago before everybody had high school recruiting tape. And somebody had posted it on there, and it's just – it's absurd what he does to teams. You know, he's throwing two offensive linesmen out of the way and everything else. I mean, he was damn near that size when he was in high school. <laughs> he got to the U and was already 300 pounds. Like, <laughs> but Man, it's crazy how big these guys on defense could get and how fast they can move. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, the, probably the only concern that I had out of out of Saturday was Purdue was facing the worst run defense in the conference and could not get anything going on the ground. We're talking 2.2 yards per carry. I'm not sure how much of that was the awful turf, but it was pretty apparent early on Purdue was not going to run and Coach Brom did not commit to the run. But when you throw for 400 yards, a lot of times that is going to work out. I mean, for one, yeah, when when the pass at Purdue is, is kicking, they don't worry about the run unless it's up a whole bunch and they're trying to end the game. But they got O'Connor in there, and he's, he's doing well these past few games. So the run it tends not to be their first choice, especially when it's, it hasn't even been 
they ain't even got off the ground yet, let alone. <laughs> it ain't something they really can hang their hat on right now. So I think they probably just going to stay away from it until going to the offseason work on it. I think they're going to have to because that's really my biggest concern with it is once again, we had a game where we had to settle for a lot of field goals. Finneran was four of five. He missed an early one from 37, but that's five red zone trips where Purdue was not able to put the ball in the end zone. You settle for field goals of 25, 32, 22, 37, and 38. And that's just the, if you have any sort of running game, you punch at least one or two of those in the end zone and you put the game away a lot earlier. And I'm afraid that that's going to come back to bite Purdue, hopefully not in the bucket game, but I think it could be a major issue in the bowl game. I was just about to say, we might not have a problem with the next goal this past, this coming up week, but you go against a team that's having a decent season and then not like the teams that we've been playing. And it's not going to look too, uh, too good. <laughs> Well, hopefully it won't be as much of a mismatch as the Auburn game was three years ago in the Music City Bowl because that was that was just about the worst ass beating I've ever seen Purdue take. And I've seen <laughs> us take some ass beatings. <laughs> I mean, hey, when you're outclassed and outmatched, it makes for a long day. Uh, that, the, there's a couple that come to mind. That one comes to mind because it was 56 to 7 at halftime. Uh, the 2013 season, when the first year under Dale ha- Daryl Hazel, we lost to Ohio State 56 to nothing, and it might as well have been 506 to nothing because I think we <laughs> crossed midfield once, and the only reason it wasn't worse is Ohio State didn't feel like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't feel like it. <laughs> That was one game where my son was about five months old and he's sitting with my parents up in Shively. My wife and I are in our seats and we're just getting beat so damn bad. We look at each other at halftime. We're like, man, you just want to walk over to Harry's. And my wife's like, <laughs> I wouldn't be standing here talking about it. We got a babysitter for the next hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Cause this ain't about to change. <laughs> And the thing is, you walk to Harry's, the game's on the TV. Oh, third quarter's about over. All right, we can walk back over and meet them now. <laughs> That's crazy. I can't, I can't think if we ever talk any losses like that. Not that I can remember. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. There weren't a lot of games that Tiller just got flat out blown out, I know. Yeah. Usually they were able to put some points on the board. But, man, they were that, – that Ohio State game was just – that was – bad because at least in the Auburn game I will say this yeah we lost 63-14 yeah it was 56-7 at halftime we at least scored early and it had the cosmetic of all right it's like 14-7 right now we might have a chance now <laughs> they slipped up <laughs> Caught a, got a lucky one <laughs> hey coach fix that down there we don't want to see it again got it <laughs> well, I believe that touch that early touchdown was Rondale Moore too, so that that could just be written off as okay. That's Rondale Moore. Fine, whatever. Hey, he's doing this thing up in Arizona, over in Arizona too. Well, I love watching year. that. Yeah, he is fun to watch. I I miss that we. I wish we'd been able to get more than one season uh, because of injury and COVID and everything. But that one season was pretty damn special to watch. <laughs> yeah, it was. And the numbers he put up was crazy. Uh, I was I was about to say uh, we can 
I think we said all we really need to say about Northwestern. It was a win. Purdue took care of business, beat a team it should, got out of there uh, without any major injuries on the day where, let's face it, you could have. And we can probably turn our attention now to the Indiana Hoosiers, the current holders of the old Oaken Bucket. And I know that probably makes you pretty pissed off, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, because you can't lose the bucket, man. <laughs> if you don't win the game all year, you make sure you beat IU. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that your crew was uh, – unfortunately, I think it was your junior year, they broke the five-game streak of, of us having it. Yeah, they beat beat us 27-24 on that last-second field goal. They clinched their first bowl game in, like, more than a decade. I mean, I – I'm wondering how much that one stung after having it your entire career to that point. Yeah, that one pissed me off because if we had to kept running the ball, we would have they would have never got the ball back, and they wouldn't have got the bucket. So that game it really pissed me off. <laughs> I think we had fallen. I think we were down like two or three touchdowns too, and then we came roaring back in it. I mean, I've got the thing right here. Yeah. I can bring back bring it up here and. Yeah, we were down twenty-four to three in the middle of the third quarter, and then oh well, you got two touchdowns. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say get to that part. So as we came back, when they started doing it again, throwing the ball, couple of picks. I think I think it was like two picks. Uh, oh. No, Painter only had one, but uh, okay, we so only one tied. Pick. Yeah, we tied it with about three minutes left, and then they went down and got the field goal to win. If we had been running ball, they would have never got the ball back. <laughs> but hey, they get the, I feel like this team is is primed to get it get the bucket back in great fashion. So we're looking for another monster win for these guys against IU. That, that would be nice because uh, Indiana has by far the worst offense in the conference. Uh, Northwestern's was bad. Indiana's is worse. They have scored. 87 points in conference play mm. and and 35 of those were in one game against Maryland. They are winless against the, against the run of play right now. They were, they started the season ranked 16th and they come in at two and nine. So that's probably my biggest concern is they have absolutely nothing to lose, but to come in and ruin our parade really. I mean, they got the bucket to lose, so that's what's going to happen. <laughs> the way our defense plays, I can't see them scoring 14 points, let alone winning the game. Uh, to be honest, I think it would be disappointing to give up 14 points or more because, I mean, they are just – you'll like this one. Last week against Minnesota, they got to stop. They got to turn over on downs. And after that, they went down – and had a long touchdown drive mm-hmm. uh, to go up seven nothing. Their next seven possess or next eight possessions, they gained. Let me see here. Uh, they gained twenty nine yards in and got a single first down on their next eight possessions. That's damn. Somebody get fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their their offensive coordinator is probably getting fired now. I know they've had a bunch of injuries. They're down to their third string quarterback. And I believe last week they were playing a fourth string walk on at one point. But eight drives, twenty three yards, and one first down. 
Somebody Ow. getting fired. I don't, I don't care how many injuries you got. <laughs> you can't even get the pity, the pity penalty first down in that group. <laughs> right, like throw the ball deep and try to get a PI or something like. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen not one time. <laughs> no, All right, they got another touchdown when uh, the game was well over late in the thir- fourth quarter. But uh, this. Indiana was expected to have a pretty good defense coming into the season, but I think they're the typical, their offense has done their defense absolutely no favors whatsoever. And you can't expect a defense to go out and just pitch a shutout unless, well, you're Alabama. <laughs> I mean, shit. And even then you still need some help from the offense. <laughs> right. I don't, eh, I use, has never really been a team I've never been worried about. And I don't think, this year is going to change anything. So, mm-hmm. I expect our defense is going there, pitch it. And then, as a matter of fact, they mess around and pitch a shutout. That might be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's entirely possible. I'm sitting here looking uh, at these guys. Oh, my. It is, it's, in my eyes, typical IU. <laughs> well, they have not gotten a touchdown in three of their eight Big Ten games so far. I mean, th- this is a team that got three points on Rutgers and got blown out by 35 by Rutgers at home. Yeah, that's uh, – who did they pay off to get ranked so high at the beginning of the year? <laughs> uh, they had they had admittedly a pretty good season last year. Uh, they were 6-1 and one last season and got a pretty good bowl game. And I, I mean, probably a decent amount of it was due to everything was strange last year. I was gonna say they they had all healthy kids, right? But else had COVID players. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they beat Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State, but Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State sucked last year. So they probably had all their players probably had COVID and couldn't play. That's why they beat them. They was out there with walk-ons and <laughs> the four-string guys talking about some. Hey, we beat Michigan. Yeah, you beat their scout team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- there's a couple of guys to keep an eye on. Uh, Ty Freifogel is their top receiver. He had, I mean, he had a really good year last year, 721 yards and seven touchdowns in eight games. But he's down to 493 in one score this year because it turns out when you're a good receiver, you're only as good as your quarterback, and they don't have a quarterback that can get him the football. <laughs> I was about to say, that's one thing people tend to forget about being a receiver. That's one reason why I never wanted to be a receiver because – I always played on horrible teams, and I, I looked at it as it's trouble running the ball. I'd rather him just give it to me and let me do my thing than have to run run 40 yards up the field. And then he don't even throw the ball because he got, got sacked. Like, ugh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just hand it to me let me go. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I know that their offensive line has some issues this year. Part of the reason that they're down to a third or fourth string quarterback. The guy that's been starting of late is a true freshman, a promising one at that. Uh, still a true freshman, though, in the Big Ten. And how hard is it for a true freshman to play quarterback in the Big Ten? Depends on what school you at. If you're at Ohio <laughs> State, it ain't too hard. If you're at IU, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about growing pains. <laughs> I believe I saw today that they 
have a completely different offensive line. All five positions are different starters right now compared to what it was in the season opener, either due to not playing well or due to injury. That's not going to help you at all either. Nope. He probably got some freshmen in front of him. So all of them is out there not knowing what the hell is going on. Things are moving too fast. <laughs> they hoping it slows down. Hey, man, hey, another blowout for Purdue. I love it. Go get the bucket, big guys. <laughs> now, is there an element you think of a team just being like, all right, we're done on the season. We're Let's get out of here. We don't have anything to play for after this. I mean, the season's been a nightmare. How much of a factor would that be? Yes, that is a, a, a real thing. These guys are probably sitting there like, hey, well, at least we get to go home for Christmas. It pissed <laughs> off about not having no bowl money and the bowl gifts, but a lot of these guys, like you said, they're freshmen. They probably want to go home and see their parents. They're homesick. They've been getting their ass kicked all season. They're over college right now. <laughs> and I know yeah. in the NFL, shoot, if we wasn't in the playoffs, oh, guys had their bags packed, tickets booked, <laughs> vacations ready. <laughs> the wives is at home like, I can't wait to get home because we out of here. <laughs> Or even worse, uh, I remember when Curtis Painter was – he was up with the Colts. There was one game where they played week 17 in Buffalo in the middle of a damn blizzard, and the Colts had already clinched as high as they could go. They got the number one seed in the playoffs. Manning came in, took like three snaps to keep his starting streak alive, and he's like, all right, I'm done. And he handed it over to poor Curtis Painter, who had to play in Buffalo in a damn blizzard for the next three and a half hours. I mean, shoot. He, was that the perfect season that he messed up? Uh, I think I think it might have been, but it was the week before that they had messed it up. And uh, really, I was at the game where they lost it. I, they shouldn't have stuck his ass in there. <laughs> I always wondered if anybody else, like, wondered why, like, why? <laughs> like it was no, there was no reason for that to happen. Right? <laughs> I mean, I I'm going to defend Painter because he played quarterback in the NFL. I never did. I never will. I mean, he still made starts. He still played the game and everything. But that was just that was on the coaching decision because Manning had started the game and it was like the third or fourth quarter with the lead. And they're just like, nah, screw it. We're not going to go for it anymore. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Like, when I, I watch the game, I'm sitting there like, hey, this could be a time where you could just come in, just step into the league as next season somebody's going to sign you and you get paid a whole bunch of money. Just close it out. <laughs> <laughs> it was like one play after another. It was like, oh, man, all right. You still, still got it. You still got it. Oh, no, don't do that. No, don't. Th- oh, come on. Paint. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt bad for the guy because, I mean, he's, he's out there doing his best. But, you know, let's face it. There is a drop off from Peyton Manning to Curtis Painter. That, that's just a fact. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, it's like one of the all-time greats <laughs> to the backup. <laughs> Not even the backup. He was a clipboard guy for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, I think I think so. And it's that that's what's so amazing is year after year here, I gained such an appreciation for Drew Brees and everything that he did at Purdue. 
because I look in the record books and I see where he holds so many marks still. And you've had other good quarterbacks come through and do well and everything. But then you're like, oh, wait, this is what it's like when you have one of the greatest of all time playing at that position. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit different. Like, I didn't, I, in my opinion, I didn't feel I had a, a good quality quarterback until I went up to Canada. And just, just in the huddle, the command of the huddle is so much different than a guy that's walking in there nervous. Mm-hmm. And, Believe it. Like, as grown men, just having – I, I remember one time we was in the huddle. It was a cu- tough game. I forget who we were playing. I think it was Cal- like Calgary or something like that. And Darian walked in the huddle. We were all talking and arguing about something. And he was like, hey, why shut the hell up. Quiet as a mouse. <laughs> to, from to, from having a guy that you come in and like, all right, guys, come on, come on, come on. Settle down, settle down. And we start arguing like clock's running. <laughs> We still ain't even got to play. We're arguing about the last play. Like, so having having a quality quarterback, one that knows how to take command, is is so clutch. And honestly, yeah, I, I think, think I think that's what the guys are doing with O'Connell right now is is grooming him to be one of those quarterbacks that are able to just take command of a game and just run a team without having them do anything. I was about to say that. I think I think really O'Connell is doing that right now because. He is on a heater right now. I mean, he is just playing some really, really damn good football at the moment. I'm looking at his game log here, and he's putting up four or five hundred yards a game on a consistent basis. And I say, even even against the L against uh, Ohio State, he still threw for three hundred and ninety yards, (laughs) three ninety and four scores. His he has eleven. He has 13 touchdowns and no picks in the last four games. That's real damn good. Okay, say his, his, his last quote-unquote bad game, I would say, which was still for 200 yards in the uh, he lost, was against Wisconsin. Yeah. And it's still. And he had three picks then, but. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's a quote-unquote bad game. You still throw for 200. Those picks ain't helped, but ever since then, he's been turned things around. I mean, he's he's sitting at 2,900 yards right now, and he didn't even play in the opener and barely played against Illinois, North Notre Dame, and UConn. I mean, he's, he's thrown up like 2,600 yards in seven games here. That's insane. That's pretty damn good. He's going to probably <laughs> go for another 500 this weekend, which would be perfect. <laughs> The other interesting thing is here, you look at his completion percentage. He currently has the highest completion percentage, single season completion percentage of any Purdue quarterback ever. He has not been below 74% in the last six games. That's crazy. He's not putting the ball on the ground. (laughs) I mean, they're protecting him. He's not having to run all over the place. They're giving him time. And you can't even, can't even not say it's like the, the level of competition because we've been beating ranked teams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he was at 75%, 30 of 40 at Iowa, and he's at 74%, 40 of 54 against Michigan State. And like you said, even against Ohio State, 40 of 52, 390 and 4. I mean, sure, some of that was in garbage time, but you still got to do it. <laughs> right. And it's true. Their, their backups could be starting somewhere, so <laughs> – it's good to see. Something to look forward to. All right. So does he keep it going on Saturday? Of course. I'm. I'm he throws for 500. Easy. Oh, I like that. I like that. Cause easy five. 
The bucket comes home. They clamp that. I feel that, like we're going to have the ball there. a lot. Yes. Our defense is going to be lights out as always. I bet you we might even we might even rush for a hundred yards. I'm gonna go that far. Oh, Ooh, as a treat, <laughs> as a treat. Or Raph and Doru, they're gonna come through and give us at least fifty each. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last time we played IU, Horvath had himself a game. Actually, that that actually might have been the best game of his career two years ago when they came to West Lafayette because he kind of. He kind of came out of nowhere. It was a rainy game. We hadn't been running the ball well at all because that's what Brahms teams have done the last three years. <laughs> he went for he went for one sixty four and two scores. Mm. Hell of a day. We need another one. Of those. I'd love to see that again. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, that would be a pleasure to see, especially the way the running games has been non-existent. But yeah, I use a, a prime candidate to have a. a a start of the day on the ground and in the air. I mean, yeah. we mess around, mess around, get a special teams play. <laughs> that's that's one to talk about. It would be nice to go out and put this one away early because you you don't want to let him hang around. They're trying to get some guys back that have been out for a while, and it's mostly the uh, they want to come back and either a show off for the NFL scouts or b trying to ruin our season. And I I just want to put them away. Let's let's get up three four touchdowns early and not have to worry about it. <laughs> I mean, just like at, at Purdue, I you lose all every game of the year. As long as you beat Purdue, you still can walk away and say, "Hey, we beat Purdue." But let's not let that happen this week. I, I don't think that's going to happen. All right, what's your final score prediction? Fifty four three. Fifty four to three. I wow. I like that. I like. Uh, I'm going to give IU. I'm going to give them two touchdowns. I think they're going to run a couple trick plays, catch us flat footed. But I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like 45-14. Nah, they ain't scoring 14. You think 14? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give them a field goal because they might got a kicker back there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's been previously he got a lot of practice all year. <laughs> So is it is it going to be the sad field goal though, where they're out, they're down like forty two nothing, and they trot the kicker out just to not get shut out? Because there's no honor in that. Yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to kick it. <laughs> nobody's going to cheer. They're going to walk out the field, give us back the ball. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, with that in mind, uh, we hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving out there, and. We will be back next week with one more regular season episode to discuss the return of the Old Oaken Bucket, hopefully, and wrap up things before we get to a bowl game. Yes, we will have a bowl game. So for Corey and myself, Travis Miller, this has been the Behind the Rails podcast, and we will talk to you after after the IU game. So boiler up. BTFU. The Behind the Rails podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Please visit our sponsor, Bet Online, for the best in college sports odds. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.